to Inside Motorsport as we look at Formula One, probably a bit of their supercars and the longest and most prestigious race in the world, the Le Mans 24 hour. I hope you'll stay with us. Welcome Richard Crowell to the show and Crowley, what a weekend it was, a brand new Grand Prix in, somehow it's in Europe, but I always thought uh, Baku was in Asia Major, then we had the 24 hour and you were up enjoying the warm weather at Darwin. G'day Craig, yes, massive weekend of motor racing around the world and in Australia as well and I, uh, there are plenty of places I would have liked to have been on the weekend, but I reckon I got the, uh, I got the best place. Uh, sunny Darwin, while the rest of the country was shivering away, we were luxuriating in uh, 35 degrees and some sunshine and some cool beverages and uh, very good entertainment of the evening as well. So, nice part of the world up there and a great weekend for the supercars as their amazing championship year continues. An interesting couple of winners with Michael Caruso getting the win for Nissan and then Shane Van Gisbergen showing all the power of the Triple Eight organisation on Sunday. Yeah, the big story is probably Michael Caruso's win, though, because it marks the first win for Nissan since the, the dramas of Winton a couple of years ago when they did get their first win in the category. This time it was purely on speed, it was on performance, on pitch stop strategy, and on some very good driving by Michael Caruso. He backed up that performance on Saturday with a sixth-place finish on Sunday. So it was a real legitimate performance once again by a team that's been on the verge this year, you felt, and it was great to see them deliver. And, and that was backed up, of course, by Todd Kelly qualifying on the front row on Sunday. Rick Kelly was fast, so those three cars had great speed all weekend long. So great to see another winner added to the list. A remarkable um, season of different winners and different drivers who have been at the front. For Michael Caruso to be on that list is a good thing. And for Van Gisbergen on Sunday, it was a terrific drive and probably helped by his aggression by moving his way past cars that were stacking in pit lane during that dramatic sequence early in the start of the motor race. He bumped his way past somebody to get into his bay, ultimately got him out in front of Todd Kelly and the Nissan, and that was what set him up to lead the remainder of the motor race. So, very, very important victory, and it just continues to validate Van Gisbergen's championship credentials this year. They're real, and uh, he's performing at every track now, which is the consistency he's lacking the past. So, this is a big thing for Van Gisbergen. Sunday race at Darwin was marked with a horrible series of crashes on the first lap. Most noticeably, Lee Holsworth, who is in Darwin Hospital and recovering from a broken pelvis. Yeah, well, as we record this, Craig, he's, um, the news has just come through that he's been um, released from Darwin Hospital, taken and flown back to Melbourne to be in hospital there to continue his recovery. And Carl Reimer will drive the Preston Hire Charlie Schwerkold car for the next two rounds. So that gives us a bit of a time frame as to his recovery and how he's going. So it's great to see that Lee's been moved from Darwin um, and back down to Melbourne to continue his recovery and it's great that that team's been able to have their enduro co-driver in Carl Reimler jump into that car. So not ideal and it, and it begs another question that when are we going to start seeing some moves about some, some serious leg protection for these drivers? This is the second serious leg injury we've seen in the space of six months or just a little bit more with what happened to Chaz at Mount Panorama last year and 
even go back to James Courtney's crash with Alex Pramat at, at Phillip Island a couple of years ago. They, they need to look at the protection of the legs in these cars now, and it's becoming a, a recurring theme that drivers are copying injuries. So um, hopefully we see that. Hopefully it's something that's looked at, and I know that the amazing technical team at Supercars, and they're very proactive about this, um, and these are incredibly safe race cars. Um, I'm sure they'll be onto that, and we'll... We'll get some uh, get some movement on that in the near future. Well, over in France, in uh, what you would call the heart of Europe, the Le Mans 24 Hour once again dished up another amazing result. And if ever there was a poster to put up on the wall and say it's never over until the checker flag waves, that race this year is certainly going to hold that title. Yeah, incre- incredible scenes with Toyota failing with six minutes to go, and that shot I think forever will being enshrined of the Toyota pulling to a halt at the start-finish line with, with three or four minutes to go and the Porsche blazing past to take the unlikeliest of victories in the longest and toughest motor race around. Incredible stuff for Porsche. And, and you know, you've got to feel for Toyota. It was a, a, a terrible thing to happen to that team that have been in contention for the entire motor race. Through reliability and good strategies, they were reliable when the others weren't. But um, in endurance racing, you have to get to the finish, and they didn't finish. And by the letter of every rule that's been written for that race, they did not finish that motor race. And there's a rule in the books that says you have to complete the final lap within within a certain time period. They didn't do that, so they weren't classified. It's harsh, and I don't want to be too callous about it because it would be heartbreaking for that team that really deserves a victory. Um, but in the end, the Porsche outfit did the job and, and were there at the finish and were able to win the race. And yeah, incredible story though, isn't it? And, and as you said, proof that it's never over until it's over. Just amazing. Where the car was stopped on the track was just past the start-finish line, so it had to do the full, what is it, 23 miles to get back to the checkered flag. Had it stopped 200 metres up the road, it could have eventually worked its way across the line after the Porsche had taken the checkered flag and be classified as second. Yeah, I think they might have dropped to third by the end, though, because the Audi was uh, relegated up to, or elevated to third place by that uh, non-finish, that non-classification, despite being, I think, five or six or perhaps more laps behind. But... Yep, uh, could have, would have, should have though, and uh, I think it, it takes nothing away from the performance of Toyota over the course of the race, and it's a, a known fact that they don't spend as much as Audi and Porsche on their World Endurance Championship program, but nevertheless, it was a really good drive, and, and hopefully it encourages them to come back and have another crack at it next year against Porsche and Audi, but, but what about Porsche? It's been a remarkable return to sports car racing for that organisation, to the top flight of prototype racing, um, world champions, of course, um, remarkable performance at Le Mans last year and an unlikely victory this year and of course they're doing a very nice job in the World Endurance Championship so incredible stuff Aussie Mark misses out again though for Weber uh, technical dramas ruled him out of contention so hopefully he's back for another year next year to have another crack at winning that race and uh, whilst we're talking about Nissan at Darwin Nissan over the moon with an LMP2 victory in uh, further down the field in the GT Pros it was Ford with a uh, historic GT victory there stuff in the GTE Pro category with Ferrari and Ford continuing their incredible battle from 50 years ago um, on 50 years into the future and protest after protest lodged between both brands uh, after the motor race, the Ferrari team protested the Fords and vice versa. Um, it was really quite spiteful stuff. What the, the biggest outcome from, from Ford's victory is that they sold the field of dummy with the balance of performance and rocked up four seconds a lap faster on race weekend than they were in the pre-season test or the pre-Le Mans test that they have a couple of weeks beforehand. So they're in real class of their own. 
the Ferrari did put up a really good fight. It was just unfortunate that Corvette, who was so committed to that race, that's been there 15 years and had huge amounts of success, and Porsche's factory GT team were ruled out of contention by balance of performance not being done correctly. That was that was a bit frustrating, but full credit to Ford, who committed hard to this program, said they wanted to go back, finish the job, and win the Le Mans 24 hour again, and they've done it. And the Chikunasi team and all the drivers deserve a whole lot of credit because it was a really good drive. The other part of Europe, which to my mind is in Asia, in Abu Faijan, the Baku Street event holding the Indian Grand Prix. And uh, an interesting track there, Richard, to say the very least. Yeah, very interesting. Um, the first part left me a bit cold, um, but the, the middle sector is very much like Macau, tight, pretty undulating, and was pretty cool. The race was ultimately a bit flat. I think we were denied with Hamilton crashing in qualifying, we were denied the fact that we would have seen another Hamilton-Rosberg uh, fight for the lead. As it was, he had to work his way through from 10th place where he started. Um, Rosberg was never going to lose that race as long as his car finished, which it did. So that was a bit frustrating. The racing was a bit flat, I felt. There wasn't a huge amount going on. And it, it's a bit of a sign of the times in F1 that even without PRS, those cars couldn't run closely down a two-kilometre long straight because of the downforce and the aero effect. Um, and the dirty air that they're putting out. They, they really need to re-engineer those cars to produce better racing. But um, a good start, solid start for that race, and um, hopefully it just um, develops into a bit of a Singapore-style classic into the future. Mm. Well, Richard, we'll have to speak about your indie experience on another time because yeah. that's all we have time for this week. I'll be telling that story for a long time, so uh, no problems. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.